Hello and welcome to this podcast episode. I am your host Kaylee Atlas and in today's episode I'm going to be going into the old how to, how to awaken, um, how does enlightenment come about. So basically anyone who follows on me on Instagram will know I keep saying the same thing. It's just about seeing through the false sense of self. It's about seeing through the egoic mind. And the way in which I did that was literally just to surround myself by enlightened people and just listen to what they say um, in regards to the egoic mind. So basically they would just list um, some of the faces of the egoic mind, some of the ways in which that energy arises. I would see it within myself and either it would um, it would just drop immediately. I'd be like, oh shit, I can see that, that I didn't see before. Or I would probably see it within myself and... Um, within a short time uh, period it would eventually I'd eventually get sick of it and it would just um fall away um and that's it and if anyone tries to tell you that awakening's any harder than that then um that's a lie it's not it's just about seeing through the false sense of self because enlightenment's a natural state so there's nothing that you have to get to um to to get it you can't, you can't get enlightenment you already are enlightened you just see through the false sense of self um and it falls away it's basically like Imagine this, like, there's this, I don't know, this is quite a weird one, but imagine, like, a pearl in, like, a shell at the bottom of the seabed. And there's all this, like, rubbish thrown on top. Like, humans are just throwing, like, so much rubbish on top. This here is the rubbish that's on top. The ego is just basically the rubbish that's on top. And you just remove it bit by bit. You just kind of, like, sweep that crap out of the way until you see that there's a pearl at the bottom. And you are that pearl. You are the pearl everything that I'm about to list is just the crap that's piled on top and none of that's you um okay so I'm just gonna crack straight on basically what I'm listing here there's a lot there's a lot that I'm listing here but obviously I can't remember every single little thing because you know the ego the egoic mind there's a lot too and some things you'll you'll see here that you won't see within yourself because some egos have it some don't and within me, I definitely had more fight or flight conditioning and some people don't. Um, so you might see some of it here. You might see, uh, you might not. So just kind of listen out. You might resonate with some, you might resonate, not resonate with others, but that's fine. And basically you don't need to write anything down. You don't need to get anything from this. You don't need to understand anything because that's all for the mind. The best thing you could do when listening to this uh, episode is relax. You relax that which does not have human ears is going to take over and it will be able to see through it but if this reaches the mind it's going to try and do something with it but awakening is beyond the mind the true self is beyond the mind it sees this arise so um the ego lives in a perpetual state of lack so any kind of lack um stories of lack oh i don't have this or i don't have that or i'm not this or you know you know what lack means. Any kind of lack stories that arise in the mind, that's egoic. Any kind of fear, or except from primal fear, I don't know, you're running around the woods and you see a bear, there's going to be fear in the body. It's going to be a bodily response, but there's no story in the mind of fear anymore um, or any sense of worry. Uh, the mind will probably try and convince you that it needs to worry and that worry has its benefits, which is just made up. Someone can still take action, um, without worrying about things for example I don't know if I didn't worry about covid then I wouldn't wear a mask and I wouldn't I don't know sanitize my hands or whatever uh, but that's not true because obviously I don't worry 
and I can still take action. So the worry is completely unnecessary, um, even though the mind will try and convince you that it is necessary because obviously it just wants to survive. Um, so it will probably argue with that one. It will probably argue with most in, in some way that it can um, because it wants to keep this energy going. Um, so there's no fear anymore because it's seen that this this human life, everything that's arising, it's just a game. It's just a just an appearance. It's not as real as concrete as the ego thinks it is or important you know you're gonna die someday you're gonna die um so really there's there's nothing really to worry about but again if you're a parent and you have kids and one of them runs into the road or something there's going to be you know cortisol that runs through the body bodily responses i'm talking about not the story that goes through the mind of oh um, i didn't do my my exam this and i didn't do that and oh my god my this is gonna happen and uh because there's no one avoiding uncomfortable emotions anymore, which is what the ego does. So by worrying, it feels like it's got like this protection mechanism or anxiety. Same thing. Um, you know, being anxious about the future like helps it prevent something bad from happening. But from the non-dual perspective, obviously something bad happening isn't really bad um, because <laughs> it just is part of life, really. If something goes astray, that's quite normal. You know, you can't have purely positive experiences in life. It just depends about your perception of it that causes the suffering or not. Um, even though the ego would like to have only positive experiences because then it will apparently be happy. But that's just not um, that's just not true. That's just not necessary from a stance because your fulfillment doesn't come from external circumstances. There's preferences, of course, but there's no one clinging to pleasure and avoiding pain anymore and that's where all of that kind of noise comes from the whole anxiety and the worry and all of that and again except from um like as a bodily response like i always give this example like sometimes after i drink i drink red wine like i can feel like the sensations of anxiety in my body but why does that matter because it's just a sensation in the body labeled as anxiety the mind is like oh no get rid of it or it's wrong or the energy arises from the body into the mind and controls the thinking and that happened a lot to me when i was at university obviously i didn't see it then because i was what they call unconscious but um you know the alcohol would make me anxious and then um I'd be just ruminating on thoughts. I, the ego, would be ruminating on thoughts and, oh my God, what did I do last night? Did I embarrass myself? Blah, blah, blah. There's a real strong sense of caring about what others think and the egoic uh, perspective, even though, like, that's just, that that does not, that doesn't arise anymore. There's, um, there's not that, there's a sense of care as in, like, you care for other people, but, like, caring about people's perception of you no that's an that's just an impossible task there's no putting energy somewhere like somewhere like that that's just um a massive waste of time um i think that's the best way i could probably describe it it just doesn't arise anymore from the start of the true self that's just completely artificial something that was conditioned um to care about what other the perceptions of others because people are you know tom's gonna love you and harry's gonna hate you and it's gonna have nothing to do with you because that's about their perception about the way they see you and the way they see the world and you cannot control that so there's none of that anymore um there's no sense of neediness or attachment um for example like i talk in my online course how like neediness used to arise in my relationship 
Um, and what I found actually is like if a story of neediness, like, oh, I need Kevin to do this. It's about noticing the energy, my friends. Notice the energy that arises, the energy behind the thoughts. It's going to be some kind of strong sense of negativity or something like that. Um, it's mostly negative. I will talk at the end in which ways it may arise as positive, but let's go with this for now. Um, neediness used to rise. I need Kevin to do this for me to be happy. And obviously that was seen through and it dropped. It didn't arise. But what kind of happened is um, those things that my ego needed Kevin to do to be happy just kind of evened out into a preference. Like so most of those things, some of those things didn't arise anymore. Some of those things I would have preferred him to do, but I didn't need him to do it for my happiness. Uh, so there's no sense of neediness. There's no sense of attachment. Like, um, for example, attachment to one's goals. I need to do this or my fulfillment rides on this or my happiness rides on this or attachment to people. Um, if I lose my lover, I'm I'm going to be broken obviously if you're in a relationship and you're enlightened and you break up with your partner it's probably going to sting it's always going to sting but there's no sense of attachment of like that's my one and only I'm going to fall into a deep dark depression without them kind of thing um self-worth falls away because obviously there's no separate there's no separate beings in this world there's no separate sense of self there's just um life arising as all characters Kind of like, imagine that you're a trumpet and I'm a flute. <laughs> We've got the same breath moving through us. So it's just like different instruments, the same you know, thing that's moving through us. It's, it's just life, it's just consciousness. But obviously in the dream, we're all separate individuals. Um, but that's, that's just not true. So there's no uh, sense of self. So there's no high self-worth and there's no low self-worth. There's just no self. There's no me there's just life and I know this can sound strange through the lens of the egoic mind because I remember it used to sound strange to myself but it's so so normal so ordinary and not strange there's just no one measuring their sense of self on anything kind of external their appearance their accomplishments or oh I feel good about myself today because um I'm really good at this or I cooked a really good meal so I'm really good at that I feel really good about myself or I feel really good about myself because um, I've got amazing hair or I don't know anything or I feel shit about myself because I've got shit hair or I feel shit about myself because Harry from down the street said I was this. Like there's just no placing oneself in these kind of external things, you could say. So there's no sense of self anymore. There's just no one, no separate person in the body. There's no guilt and there's no shame. <laughs> like, I think actually I heard, uh, if you don't have guilt, you're a psychopath. But, um, <laughs> also I can't, like, there's just no sense of, like, guilt as in, um, yeah, just, like, general guilt. I think I used to have a lot of guilt, like, as if I was sinning or if I was doing something wrong. And I think people who have a lot of religious conditioning probably get that a lot. Just notice, kind of notice what arises in the mind. Like, now that I'm triggering this, notice if that's there. Um, yeah, guilt and shame. Again, I had a lot of shame. Like, obviously, that was just conditioned within me. Like, oh, I'm such a bad person, or um, oh, I did this bad. Oh, I'm terrible. Like, just kind of like these kind of stories that was arising. Um, but that just becomes funny in the end because there's no attachment to being a good person or a bad person. It's just all one thing anyway. 
that there's only life. The people that we describe as good people, that underneath it all, they're the same as as what we describe as the, the bad people. It's it's all you, my friend. And every everyone is. It's just one and the same. Um, so there's no attachment to. That's just conditioning. Like to you know, you've got to be a, um, a good person and not be a bad person. And there's just no rules here. There's no fitting into a box. There's no trying to be a certain way. Um, there's no attachment to being perceived in a certain way either, or being perceived as a good person, or trying to move away from being a bad person. There's just a naturalness. You know, the ego kind of thinks, if I didn't have these rules and I didn't try and not sin and I didn't try and be good or whatever, that everything would go to shit. But it's quite the opposite. Everything's very natural. And I talk about it as a natural moral compass and everything like that. No one's going to be murdering people um, from the enlightened state because there's no self-hatred within oneself to be projected outwards to then want to murder someone. It's all a reflection of how one feels about themselves, their behaviour towards others and their conditioning, egoic conditioning anyway. Um, this one, a big one, there's no self-judgment. So what I hear a lot of people say is they kind of have still like this attachment to like, oh, I keep judging myself, I keep judging myself. And if there is someone still saying, I judge myself, you're still lost in the dream because you're still identifying with self-judgment your true you as your true self would never you just don't judge yourself there's just it's just completely destructive and there's just no point like it doesn't do anything like it's just a waste of energy to be honest so no 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 kind of self-judgment I mean I can look back on memories of myself when I was like in my early 20s and kind of like do a little eye roll or uh, oh god let's forget about that but um all in good jest um all in good humor uh there's no sense of like hating on myself or like oh my god I can't believe I did that <laughs> it's just more like I would tell people that kind of shit that I did because I just kind of find it funny um it was nothing bad it was just kind of like what a usual like 20 year old would do um but yeah a bit, bit cringy at the same time but um yeah it's all very light very light-hearted um so there's no self-judgment so like if I did something and I did something wrong I think there used to be a lot of uh self-judgment but self-judgment is just an ego story because there's no self to judge anyway so it's just kind of like yeah whatever and it will get to that point of maybe there is self-judgment still arising and then what it will get to the point is that no one cares that self-judgment's arising like I tell my clients just let the let the record play self-judgment's arising that's what's happening well why does that matter you know there's only the fact that you believe in it or you identify with it that will cause an emotional reaction but it will get to that point where it will just be seen, either be seen immediately or it will be seen gradually that, yeah, that's just what's happening and, uh, you know, you just don't really care if there is a story of self-judgment arising, it just gets funny in the end or pointless, either or really. So, yeah, no self-judgment. There used to be a lot of that, I think, when I woke up in the morning. God, how exhausting. So like wake up in the morning and you hear that, like, loud voice in your head, like, oh, I did this, oh, I've got to do that, oh. Everything's so serious. Oh, I've got to make sure I make something of myself today. And all of that exhausting bullshit. No other way to describe it than that. Um, comparison to other people. Um, well, there really are no other people, are there? So there's only one. There's only one of us here. So <laughs> why, why, why compare oneself to others? You can look at other, you know, beings and... 
you know, maybe admire their accomplishments or something. But there's no one kind of looking and being, my life sucks and this person on Instagram has an amazing life and I wish I was more like them. Or, I don't know, you maybe like an Instagram influencer's hair. You might be like, oh, yeah, I like this person's hair. But it's not coming from that, um, what's that kind of like negative place of um, hating on oneself kind of like... uh, (laughs) Do you know what always happens? It's quite funny. When I start talking about this, this happens in my uh, sessions with my clients as well because I get more relaxed. Like this message just comes through me and it has a certain energy to it. So you might sound, you might hear the fact that now I start talking a bit slower because this energy just relaxes me, um, relaxes my clients as well, but um, relaxes me at the same time. So it's like I'm pretty relaxed anyway, but like it goes deep. Um <laughs> Yes, I might talk a bit slower now, because I'm, like, super zen right now. Um, What was I saying? Oh, yeah, comparison to others. Uh, Yeah, so there's no sense of, like, hating on oneself anymore. Or there may be, like, preferences on appearances. Um, I might have a preference to have some abs still, that that can still arise. I might have some preferences to have some abs. Um, But there's no one looking in the mirror and being like, oh god I'm a worthless piece of shit I haven't got abs or oh I hate my body I need to look like this or that it's just preferences everything just uh, evens out into preferences um yeah kind of links in with self judgement same thing really there's no mould to fit into no societal mould to fit into Insecurity, holy shit, this was a big one within me um, back in the day. <laughs> oh, God. So I had such a fragile sense of self. I talk about it, it was almost narcissistic. Not as in, like, narcissistic as in you hear, like, people that they hit their partners and, and stuff like that. Nothing like that. It was just when I describe myself or my ego that was narcissistic, it was I had a very fragile sense of self. Um, I remember... I laugh about this now. When I was with my ex-boyfriend, he didn't compliment me on my new dress and I was literally mega pissed off because I needed that kind of validation, that external validation to make me feel good about myself. Um, That was just one of the ways, you know, attention from others. When they compliment you, you kind of put it on a pedestal and if someone insults you, you put that on like a pedestal as well. That all just evens out to like... You know, that's their perception of you. It doesn't really matter anyway. It might be nice when someone compliments you, but there's no attachment to it. There's no um, relying on that or anything like that. And it might also sting if someone insults you, but again, it's just that that, that weight just falls off. So there's no insecurity anymore. Uh, God, yeah, the mind used to be riddled with insecurity. Should I do this? Do I look good enough? Is this is this good? Is this piece of work I did good enough? Is it like that that kind of sense or like? Oh God! I'd like I don't even know where to begin. There was just so much of it, but you guys know what insecurity is. So just watch out if that rises as a story. Notice that you're the one that's observing that story, and without your belief, interest, or identification, that will fall away. Um, but the ego is gonna try and like really try and get your attention for that one because obviously it just wants to survive obviously I kind of mentioned it just then not the sense of being not good enough I've worked with some clients as well that like I'm just not good enough I'm I, 
I'm just not good enough. And this is so funny because I remember that used to be really prevalent within me. Because uh, so, it's just conditioning from childhood. Uh, you just know you don't do this good or you don't do that. And your parents are like, oh, that's not good enough or whatever. And then you're like, right, that means I'm not good enough. Even though there's no, um, there is no me, there is no I. So it's kind of funny in a way. Um, yeah, that was so strong within me feeling not good enough. Um, and you'd always, you'll always project that meaning outwards if someone says this or that someone does that, the ego will look at that as an opportunity to throw that onto that situation. That means I'm not good enough. Me, the ego and meaning, they're like one bubble that just throws the meaning out, which is to project and a bread, uh, <laughs> a projection from within. Um, yeah, so there's no one that's good enough or not good enough. Like, where's the scale anyway? Like, what 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 measures as good enough? Like, hilarious, really. It makes no sense. But I do know that that is like a deep kind of energetic uh, feeling, and it, like it it could be really, it can feel really real um, when you're in it. And I, and I remember that that used to feel really real within me and really crap. Um, seeking happiness and fulfillment. There's no, there's nothing to seek because this is already it. You're already fulfilled. You're already fulfillment itself. Happiness, like you, you can say that some, you know, you're not always going to be happy. Uh, there's going to be a natural joy that arises, but like there still can be conditions that would make you more happy. Like I don't know, maybe I'd prefer going out on a day trip with my partner than I would like doing, I don't know, paperwork. You know, I'm going to be more happy there than I will be there. But there's no um, general seeking happiness and fulfillment. Like, once I get a partner, I'll be happy. Once I hit the lotto, I'll be happy. Once I... um, For me, it was always, like, when I'm older. and then I, When I'm a bit older, when I'm a bit older, when I'm a bit older. When I've got the house, when I've got the abs, when I've got the boyfriend, when I've got this, then I'll be happy. And that's just a fable, that's just made up by the ego because it's never happy. It's never fulfilled. That's why it seeks it. Because what it seeks is the end of itself. What it really seeks is this, the enlightened state. So it can't find it. It will try to, but it can't. And sooner or later, one will realise it's futile. And luckily I, I realised it was futile when I was like 20, 22, something like that. So, um, yeah, but I guess that will just... Um, that might arise or it might not, like... Is there's just this void, this kind of like underarching, like this kind of sense that something's missing or um, something's not quite right, or I need want you know just always putting one's fulfillment outside of oneself. Uh, codependency and I kind of like touched on that. You know, relationships you hear about it, the whole codependent versus a the narcissist. They're two sides of the same coin, so they'll probably be quite attracted to each other. Um, it's all egoic anyway. There's no one who's going to be codependent from the enlightened state. Because um, it's just another form of attachment and neediness. Um, and there's no one that's going to be narcissistic because there's no sense of self. So there's no fragile sense of self. So there's no one overcompensating or showing off or look how great I am because really they feel really crap within. Um, same with the self-worth. Like I used to have really chronically low self-worth masked as high self-worth. So used to be one of those women who'd kind of like, oh, I don't take no shit. Kind of like, kind of like one of those I would easily like happily like argue with you, like be quite defensive, like everything like that. But really it was just to mask the, um, the chronic uh, insecurity. 
that was hiding beneath that. Um, woe is me. I like quite like this one. Yeah, ego is very woe is me. Like, oh poor me, poor me, me 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 me. Um, oh I didn't I didn't do this. Poor me. Like, and I, I got a good example. It's like when I was like twenty three. I was like, what if I never find Mister Right? <laughs> I was like 23 years old, like fucking hell, like, <laughs> get a grip already, it's it's funny to look at now, that's of course egoic, and I know Eckhart Tolle said he had something similar, like, the kind of woe is me, like, oh I can't get a girlfriend, and obviously when he talks about it he's laughing, because it's funny, um, these things are not serious, uh, they're not serious at all, they're, they're humorous, or like, I talk about an example, one day I woke up and it was like, oh my life sucks, it's like, fucking hell, first world problems, like, <laughs> what the hell, you know? Um, but the ego will always be, you know, kind of be like, woe is me, poor me. Because, you know, that's just, just how it is, isn't it? Um, or, like, you kind of, like, walk around. Like, everything seems from the egoic stance that everything's happening to me because of me. Like, you walk in the gas station and the cashier looked at you strange, like, oh, my God, what does that mean about me? Or oh my god, does she look at me strange, or oh my god, maybe I should be polite, so she doesn't think I'm so strange, or, um, oh, this guy didn't text me back, or, uh, if he didn't text me back, what does that mean about me, like, maybe I need, maybe I need to do this, like, it's just all of this inauthenticity of, um, me, 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 all about me, just like the, the, the thoughts that arise through the mind all day long, it's just me, 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 bullshit, bullshit, me, 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 and there is no me, so me is just a dream, but it's a dream bubble so yeah massive massive waste of energy is what the the ego is just um a drainage a massive drainage on on one's being like just a massive weight being carried around which is completely and totally unnecessary some say it was good for survival back in the day we don't need it now um it's just like a huge burden um hence why we're here hierarchy any sense of hierarchy like you can even see it like it can be subtle sometimes but like energetically putting one on a pedestal or one below them that person has a bigger house than i do that means they're better than i am there's no sense of again i've uh, talked about it before you are not your house there's no putting oneself in one's achievements and accomplishments or what one owns so there's no measure there or this guy earns way more money than me, therefore he's better than me. This person earns less than me, therefore I'm better than them. I don't know, it arises in so many ways. Um, putting people on pedestals or beneath you. Or like, you know, hierarchy can arise. Like, you know, at work you can have a boss, but it's seen as a game. Like, there's no real sense of that person is actually above you. That person is you. That person is just a, it's just the same. It's an evenness, an equal playing field. There could be no hierarchy when there's only one of us here. That makes no sense, but it can arise as, again, you have a boss or something like that, and that person has a boss above them. Hierarchy can arise. It's a game. It's it's seen through. The best way to describe enlightenment, oh, I said this before, is like you pick up sand and it falls back through your hands. Everything is like that, just so light. I'm going to keep going. Self-loathing. It kind of like... It all ties in together, you know, kind of everything that I'm listing. It's all so similar. It's all just suffering. It's all mental suffering. Um, so self-loathing. It's the same as woe as me, really. Um, 
also the ego can try and be a good person which I've mentioned as well that's how that arises as good like I do this I'm a good person I'm going to pick up this rubbish off the beach and people are going to look at me and they're going to think I'm a good person and then I'm going to do some charity work then I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to give myself that little mental reward and then when I don't do something good for a week and I give myself a little uh uh what's it called a little bit of self-judgment and then I do something good and then I give myself a little reward and it's that attachment to the good and the bad and the right and the wrong which is duality um that the ego lives within and that all just <laughs> disappears and there's just unnaturalness and life just flows and everything just moves naturally and there's no inauthenticity inauthenticity or trying to be a certain way or trying not to be a certain way it's just it just is naturalness and there's no looking to someone as if they have all the answers and if they're all wise and all knowing like in my coaching I don't ever offer any kind of life advice because it's just a point within everything that I'm saying here you already intuitively know like it's the same I don't know anything that you don't it's the same but the ego will kind of look at whether it's anyone and and be like put them on a pedestal and like they know more than me like oh how do I do this how do I get more zest in my life how do I do this it's like I'm not answering any of that like the answers are all within you like you know this but the ego is always going to place it outside of itself and all I ever do is I point to the nature of the mind over and over and over again. Obviously, everything that I listed there was very fight or flight. Some things, especially in the spiritual ego or anything like that, they can be a little little bit harder to spot, like a little bit more sneaky. Um, but yeah, like with me, for example, a couple of examples is before enlightenment, I'm saying loosely, um, ego would arise and be like, oh, I don't want to be enlightened anymore. Or it would arise and be like, oh, I think I want to watch a video on enlightenment. Um, when it doesn't want to watch a video on enlightenment, it wants my identification. It wants me to believe that I'm the voice in my head. Or it wants me to believe in the fact that, oh, I don't really want to be enlightened anymore. So it can stay well clear of this because um, it, it doesn't want to be here. Or it will t- turn enlightenment into something it's not. It will put it on a huge pedestal and separate itself from it, um, like a huge accomplishment or something, which keeps it kind of that seemingly that way. Um, it likes to do that, um, separate itself from things. Um, so it stays out there, but it will pretend it really wants it. Or it will think enlightenment is something like that's going to end all of its problems and it's going to have amazing experience when it becomes enlightened, but... No separate individual becomes enlightened. The, the, the separate individual dies and it's seeing that there is only enlightenment. So it turns enlightenment into a becoming, a getting, or something it can achieve. Um, again, there's so many like kind of like little, little, little bits that arises in the ego that, you know, will get seen through as well. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up at that. That was a lot. That's kind of what I can recall off the top of my head right now. Um, some of the things that used to arise within myself and that you might see within yourself as well. And there's nothing that you need to do if you do see it within yourself. Like, okay, now what do I do? The ego will say. It's not a doing. You know, it's just like you're the sky. You see self-judgment arise as a cloud. And when it doesn't get your belief, interest or identification, it's gonna, it's just going to dissipate because the ego only needs your energy to survive. Um... And I guess when you get sick of it, you just stop kind of entertaining it and it dies off until 
there's deeper sense of peace and a deeper sense of peace and a deeper sense of peace until then oh bang it's gone and this is enlightenment and I'm gonna leave it there thank you